Hello and welcome to the Refreshing Change podcast. My name is Nicola Scott and I will be your host. Hello Paula, thank you so much for joining me on the Refreshing Change podcast. I'm so excited that you've come along to share your wisdom and expertise. Just for the benefit of the listeners, I'm just going to share a bit about how I know you and then I'm going to let you dive in to share your background and journey. But Paula and I have known each other for like a good, what, three, four, five years maybe Mm -hmm. in the wellness space, supporting each other as women in business. Um, And I've just been loving watching your journey unfold over the years. So can I hand over to you, Paula, to, to share, yeah, what's that journey looked like for you and what are you all about? Hello. So yeah, thank you for um, inviting me into your podcast. So I am Paula. Um, I'm a registered learning disability nurse, and it has been a journey because I've I wasn't even thinking about becoming a nurse until about nine years ago. Um, just for the benefit of those that are listening, I am 55, so I am a a young nurse but an older lady, <laughs> as I always say it. Um, I've had lots of roles prior to becoming a nurse, um, but always been about caring, supporting, and looking after people. And um, I just got to a point where I thought I needed to do something a little bit more challenging, but something that would take me into my later life. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, like Nicola says, I met uh, Nicola in the wellness space and it's been a fantastic journey from there. Um, Looking at holistic health um, and just looking at how we can age well without putting restrictions on ourselves. But there's been lots of changes within that as well, because I've also... Done um, some training to become an aesthetics nurse. I've also done some training to uh, help women in the menopause. I did the confidence in the menopause um, qualification, and I've also done my life coaching qualification within the last three years. And I've also now just taken up a yoga qualification because I teach um, on a Tuesday evening in the I work in the health injustice, which is the prison service, and I teach women uh, yoga, mindfulness, meditation, and again how to calm the mind and the body through yoga so that sounds like a, a whirlwind of a journey <laughs> yeah I love it and I love just not that um it really comes through about that caring and supporting other Paul others Paula but I suppose your journey of like growth and learning is really apparent as well and upskilling yourself and trying new things and being open to that like, I just love that um the Refreshing Change podcast is obviously all about change and I ask all my guests about how they feel about change because it's been really eye-opening for me as to how people uh, view it or perceive it or embrace it. So how do you feel about change? Well, change. So coming from the banking in- industry, so I, was, um, I worked in the banks for years and we were always changing. They used to say, you're either going to have to roll with the changes or it's going to leave you behind. And then you've got technology. So as much as sometimes we can put ourselves off when using new technology and going, I can't do it. And it's that thing about, instead of saying, I can't do it, it's how am I going to get through this and what other support do I need? So for me, change is inevitable. We've got to embrace the change and look at who can support us to do it. So I'm not averse to to not changing because like I say, over the last nine years, um, I've taken on a world of change and it has been beneficial. It's been a hard slog, but you can see the benefits and it's not all about the money. Um, It's not about the monetary gain when you do the change. It's about how you see yourself and what you can do for others in that change as well. So we we all have to change. It's either we change and grow or we stay stagnant. And then what becomes of that? Mm. And I love that you said about working through the change 
but thinking who can support us. And I suppose it's having the courage to ask for help when we need help, isn't it? It is, because sometimes I will sit there and go, I'll do it by myself. Because, <laughs> yeah. I'm Capri- because I'm a Capricorn and I'm the goat and I'm that sturdy goat and I can do it all. But then you look back and you think, no, actually, I do need some support here. Um, I do need, you know, so we've got coaching. I'm in coaching groups, different coaching groups um, to cheer each other on and support each other on. I've had a coaching mentor. And at some point I will probably need a coaching mentor again because it's that thing to when you want to grow further, you can't just sit and say, sit in silo and go, I'm going to grow and, and do it on my own because nothing changes because you're not then sharing your journey with anybody else. So nobody else can say to you, well, actually, if you tweet that, that's going to happen because you're not seeing the bigger picture because you can only see so much by doing it yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I knew you would be would be the same mindset and as passionate about coaching as I am. But it's just that, yeah, people are able to maybe see things slightly differently or share a different point of view, which can can change your your perception and perspective. So, yeah, I love that, asking for help. We um, want to dive into, I suppose, the the bit around ageing well, like you said, because mm-hmm. I suppose, like you mentioned, change is inevitable and ageing is one of those things that is change, isn't it? And it happens it, to it all is, of us. It does. And we go through these different periods of our life which are quite like quite significant at different ages and stages of our life, but we don't talk about them very much. I've noticed a difference, and I know you're um, a big advocate of the of the in the menopause space, and we'll definitely dive into that. But before probably Davina McCall and a few others started ch- chatting about it on a public forum, no one was really talking about it. Um, what I suppose what's your take on how we move through those transitions and maybe diving into some of the some of the menopause stuff Paula? I think the the thing we change and like you say we, we're all getting older you know we don't stay stick at 21 or 31 and uh-huh. the key I think the key things are I think what what we miss is actually teaching young women and young men about our bodies in real life when we're in school um, so we don't know what really happens to us in puberty. So we've got all these hormones going around in our body and we get all these emotions and thoughts and we never seem to connect the dots um, going through life and things happen and we and we sit and we wonder what's happened. But if people actually told us sort of like why we, we have periods and what happens and what are some of the things that can happen for some women. So when we don't talk about premenstrual dysphoric disorder, when women get really bad moods and they just can't cope with it, there's obviously something going on hormonal. So nobody ever tells us from that point of view how the body starts to change. Then we get into our late 20s, early 30s, and we're wearing the high heel shoes and we're going night clubbing and we're drinking lots of alcohol, probably eating lots of crap food. And then we're thinking, well, why is my body feeling like this? And not realising we're not putting any nutrients in, we're not putting any antioxidants in, we're not putting enough protein in, we're not putting enough water in because we're thinking our alcohol is water when it's not. Um, So we're not doing any of those. We're not getting good sleep because your sleep's disrupted. Uh, We're not taking enough exercise. And then we think we get to menopause and everything just goes bang. Well, actually, no, the body starts changing. Once you've hit puberty, the body then starts changing and it starts reversing because our bone, our bone health and structure changes in our late 20s, early 30s. So it doesn't just wait till the menopause to develop uh, bone issues. It starts because that's when the collagen is in the body and that's not being produced as much. So 
we then get the issues with the bones. When we talk about osteoporosis and osteopenia, our bone density changes in our 30s. And that's when we need to. So we really should be looking after ourselves from our late our late uh, 20s. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I suppose that it's interesting, isn't it, about the, I suppose, the healthcare system and you're in it mm-hmm. in a way. But I've always, I've been a kind of a observer of it. But a lot of it is about, not that it's too late, but it's definitely repair rather than preventative, rather mm-hmm. than, like you say, teaching and educating people about here is how the body functions. I often think that, particularly with diet and nutrition, you know, if you go back to real basics, if you think of our body as a machine, we put fuel in to give us fuel to ex- mm. expel, don't we? But yeah. we've, we've become so disconnected with that, with the food industry and how they market food to us and all that quick, convenient way of living. But I think coming back to being really educated on how our body should feel and function and how you optimise that, like you say, then those transition periods presumably become a lot easier because you know what normal feels like for you. And that's exactly it. So, yeah. So when, if we talked about the signs and symptoms of menopause, there's that many and everybody will feel a different one. So some women may, and everybody's again is different. So we've got conditions where some women may not even have a period and that would be cut. So in your teens, and that would be premature ovarian insufficiency because you're in your teens and you've no periods, so you've just not nothing happens. And then you get to your midlife, say in your late twenties, thirties, and you could be feeling things and not realizing if you've got nutrient deficiencies. That's the hormones going around the body, or if there's lots of stress on the body, the hypothalamus isn't working properly. Um, and then we're looking at the body's just in fight or flight, especially if you've had trauma as well. Uh, then your body just going to react differently to the stresses of going through the menopause. So yeah, you've got so many symptoms. You could between 34 to 50 symptoms apparently. And some people are saying even more um, hitting and it could be sort of like late thirties. And when a lot of women say they're tearful and they're not understanding why or the, you know, their emotions are heightened, it could be down to some of it could be down to the menopause. So you should be looking for signs and symptoms, late thirties, early forties. Um, and again, the transition around that is sleep, exercise, uh, limiting stress, uh, toxic relationships, uh, life balance. You need some work-life balance. Um, and just, it's that, yeah. And food, looking at really, looking at good food. Because the transition is, technically you should be in perimenopause between, say, I'd say 35 to 50 and then, menopause is one day but that could happen so you need to have 12 months of not having a period um and then you'll be post-menopause but that could happen anywhere between uh 45 to 52 but some people are later and then you've got people who've got fibroids or ovarian issues hysterectomies so a hysterectomy of if your ovaries and your womb removal would send you into early menopause as well so yeah because we make we do make some hormones in the ovaries. And if you just had those removed and kept your, your womb, you'd still transition earlier. So there's, yeah, and nobody tells us this. I was going to say, I've learned loads just even in what, I, I thought I was semi-knowledgeable, but even just from what you said in terms of the, I suppose, yeah, the actual, what the actual transition looks like and the time scale of it. Um, so just for clarity, Paula, from if, if I'm thinking this, I'm wondering whether the listeners would be as well. But so you could be perimenopausal, 
and then the menopause effectively happens overnight when you change from one to the other does it yes yes so you could be perimenopausal for anywhere between 10 to 15 years Uh, my journey 41 I started noticing symptoms and I finished at 52 um so I so then I had no period for a whole year so just just after 52 I was that one day once you notice you've not had period for 12 months you become postmenopausal. if you get to nine months and you have a period you have to count for another 12 months oh right that's yes so right. yeah so you might get to tw- and if you get to 12 to 18 months and you know it's bleeding then you need to go and have a checkup because there could be something else going wrong because once right. you get to 12 months and you've and you've documented because some people don't document it and they might go oh i've not had a period for a couple of years ah and then they realize the postmenopausal okay. and they right. don't do blood tests under the age of 45 because there is no point because your hormones are changing could change right. hourly yeah. So I work with a doctor and she always thinks it's better to do it when you're postmenopausal because then you can find out what your um, hormones are saying. And we've got lots of hormones that work on the opposite side, like your free, andro- free androgen index. You've got your follicle stimulating hormones. You've got your, oh, there's so many. Ugh, yeah, it's a minefield. There's about 100 hormones in the body. So it's right. a total minefield. I was about to use the word minefield. I was thinking you're naming all these things and it's going a wee bit over my head. But I, I, but the fact, I suppose it's just knowing that there's a lot, you know, there's lots going on. I find mm. it fascinating how our body works because when you really stop and think about it, it blows my mind, all the different systems and how they interconnect. And Oh, yeah. Like, it's wild. And I don't think very many people pause enough to be grateful for what our bodies do like you know I certainly don't it's not until I get into conversations like this you're like wow it does it's amazing and I'm just doing my anatomy anatomy and physiology um sort of like revision and on the yoga side I mean I had to learn about 50 muscles in the upper and lower body um just over the last sort of week and it's like and they and how they all interconnect and join and if you breathe if people just take a minute to breathe and just start to feel into the body they'd actually feel the body move and that's why yoga is so beneficial because time you take a step back and you sit down and do the pauses it is 100 beneficial but it's the the opposite side of knowing where all your bits fit and how the work it is it's amazing how the body helps us to you know to to move and to, to be alive and breathe and to carry us as a vessel yeah, yeah absolutely Paul just to go back because you said there about some women don't document so don't necessarily understand or know when the 12 months has passed until you know mm. they suddenly realize it's been a couple of years and I find this fascinating and um I suppose it's part of my journey this is all quite new to me but you and I are running the same circles and we've both had amazing mentors in the past that it's been through their encouragement, I suppose, like mm. tracking my own cycle and understanding um, as a 34-year-old what my, you know, it's taken me all these years to actually get a hold of my own cycle and understand like my energy at different times of the month mm. and my mood and and now get to the point where this was really pivotal for me, where I manage my diary. I am self-employed mainly, but manage my diary to suit my mood and energy levels based on my cycle mm-hmm. and I remember the first time I did it someone had asked me to come on to their podcast as a guest and it, we were meant to be recording and it was like the second day of my bleed and I was like if you absolutely need me to come on I will show up on Friday but I knew I wouldn't give my best performance as you will so we rescheduled on a time that suited me and my cycle it was two guys I was recording the podcast with now 
the old Nicola would probably not have done that. A, because mm -hmm. I wouldn't have known, and B, because I probably wouldn't have had the, I don't know, the courage or confidence to speak about what my needs were based on my mm -hmm. cycle. Like, it just wasn't in my, like, it just wasn't a thing for me before. Um, so I suppose That's true. That's true, because I was talking to some women this morning about that, the over 50s club, and was saying to them, even if you don't have a cycle, you can still look at the moon and how the moon is, uh, fluctuating and where it is and work with the moon because it says and if you start putting your body into the moon cycles you'll know when you're supposed to be resting you'll know when you're supposed to be giving it your all and I was talking to them about masculine and feminine energy as well and saying you just need to sit back sometimes and go into that feminine energy and then I realized I was talking to transgenders as well this morning so it's like ah so it becomes another minefield so yeah and I suppose it's just that isn't it like because there's so much advice and, and information out there but it's I suppose having the self-awareness of what your body's doing and what it needs and like you say that one of the things to do that is to sit back and be still and I suppose curious and inquisitive and mm -hmm. capture some data like tracking your cycle or mm -hmm. noticing what foods you're eating and what impact that has on your energy you know mm -hmm. it that sure does. see that again I said it sure does you do have to do that you do you know we can't sit and think everything needs to it's like joint ache so joint ache is a common sort of thing for women in the menopause and sleep and i'll say to them so how's your mattress mm. because we all think it's the body when it's sometimes are we sleeping on the right mattress are we doing things um in the day that's made our muscles ache and i'm the firm believer of we need to start to think about and how we look at what we're doing with the body and then think about when we go to bed, is it the menopause or is it something else that's affecting you? So, yeah, yeah. And I suppose with that, just to dive, I suppose, a bit more into the, um, well, to use your expertise around the menopause, but fine, probably, and this is quite a generic sweeping statement for society, but all, we live in this um, world now where I think so many people want a quick fix or an easy solution. So it is like the... um. I'm almost like like you were saying about the mattress or the body, like placing blame somewhere. Just want to figure mm -hmm. out like how I'm going to make it better in the quickest way possible, rather mm -hmm. than probably because it's quite time consuming. You know, go through a couple of cycles if you're you know still of that age to understand your cycle, to then notice the energy, to document. You know, it's a little bit of work, but it's empowering, I suppose, to know that and do that for yourself. But do you find that in terms of particularly people that are transitioning into that menopause phase of their life? what what is well, the quick fix and how do they you know what 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 talk to me about it so the quick fix is you could i think a lot of people because of the celebrities that have been screaming is mm -hmm. hormone replacement therapy okay. which is going in through to see your gp um talking to them about how you're feeling and then getting put on some form of hormone replacement therapy mm -hmm. and we've got synthetic hormone replacement therapy and we've got the good stuff um, so I don't know, it depends on what area you live in and what doctor you get to see is what you get. Um, but a lot of people then find you use it and the mood doesn't change. So then they go back and get an antidepressant because you cannot have an antidepressant as first line medication for the menopause. But because some people are depressed because they've not worked out that they're drinking alcohol, they're drinking caffeine, they drink putting lots of sugar in their um, foods and eating sugary foods, 
they're not eating enough protein they're not eating enough vegetables or carbs so they're not doing and they're not fueling their body with any water because they're thinking tea coffee tea coffee you need to drink plain water also and the sleep hygiene and um, not looking at blue screens late at night and if you do and you get up in the middle of the night get up and have that drink of water but go back to sleep you know just try and bring yourself back down so they're doing all that and forgetting so the quick fix is yeah a hormone replacement therapy but you can look at the body again holistically look at what you feel your body needs and drop drop a lot of things and just add in lots of fruit veg good cuts of chicken good cuts of if you're going to eat meat good cuts of meat um there is this thing about being a vegan and plant-based and saying you're not getting enough nutrients um on the sort of like the cusp of that, I do eat fish again now because it's that thing where I'm looking at what my body needs, not what other people believe my body needs. I'm working with what my body needs for me. Um, so I am plant-based, but I do eat fish. So, um, and that's how I work it. So yeah, it, the quick fix is that, but you can do have cognitive behavior therapy, which is speaking to a therapist and having cogn cognitive behavior therapy, exercise, you can do exercise, you can do yoga. And the fact about keeping the brain active is you can download free apps and learn a language. So, hey, I've added another thing to my bone. I'm learning French. So, yeah. and that's that's the thing. I've just downloaded an app. So it's a, the thing is about keeping the mind active for a good part of the day and moving the body, but then shutting off and honoring your body to have that rest, relaxation and sleep. Yeah. Nice. I can't scribble notes fast enough. I love all that. <laughs> um, and the, so the hormone replacement therapy, so that's commonly known, like folk talk about HRT, don't they? That's yes, that's the HRT. So you yeah. can have estrogen, progesterone. So you get you can have these in tablet forms or cream forms. The, so the, 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 the progesterone helps to keep the womb healthy. If, but if you've got a womb, it's not so, so bad. I mean, I'm on nothing at the moment. So I eat phytoestrogen foods. So like flax seeds, soy, temper. Um, certain yogurts like just plain probiotic yogurts I have a, a enzyme from a belt to the stomach you can eat sauerkraut things like that to keep your gut flora happy so that if your gut's happy um, you can then work on the hormones I do eat like lots of strawberries when they're in season I eat dried fruit but within reason I eat pulses nuts so you've got good nuts um, so, and avocados it's having healthy uh, fats so not your, your, not your trans fats, all that from the meat and stuff. You want in good good fats. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I do believe if people need HRT, it's to sit down and speak about it. But if you calm the mind mm -hmm. um, and do some exercise and try and get a good night's sleep and cut back on all those things, like I said, alcohol and caffeine and things like that, mm -hmm. you then it's the ones that we don't talk about, which is the hypothalamus. So that's up in the back of the head. I'm just showing you, but, um, and that, if you can calm that from the central nervous system, doing lots of breathing, you're onto a winner because that's like the thermostat of your body. Because if you do it, if you're upset all the time and having arguments all the time, it's going to put that into fight or flight. So then when you're having these hot flushes and night sweats, it's because you haven't given your body or the brain time to calm back down or relax. So the vagus nerve is always shooting off. So it just sends it's on a loop and it'll just send signals through the body and it'll be saying, oh, you're upset. So whoop, that up goes the heat and the pressure. Um, and then when you're not upset, down comes that pressure and you, you make clearer decisions. Yeah, I think it's the, it's 
like taking the time to know your body isn't it because the, mm. that's the thing is that there's no um I, I know you would agree with this there's there's no one size fits all and I think that's sometimes the danger with people uh, experts or advocates in a field championing one approach their approach that's maybe worked for them and that's not to say that it wouldn't work for other people but sometimes what works for one doesn't work for the other so it's I suppose it's doing the doing our own homework to figure out what's going on mm. in our body and what's the best mm. decision and not always jump into that that quick fix isn't it to understand um I suppose the impact of our like our effectively our lifestyle like for is having on our holistic well, well whatever it is we are well the whole change is about lifestyle because to me it's not about diet it's about looking at your whole lifestyle holistically mm-hmm. um, and when you do you'll be looking and thinking because you can still take the hormone but then it, I think people take the hormone so that they can have the good life of drinking smoking and all the other stuff so they're thinking I'll put that plaster on mm-hmm. I can still do all that but then why the hell am I still getting all these symptoms still because you've not changed anything mm-hmm. you still got to do the changes as much as you take if you were to take um, a medication for, for heart, like say angina, right, you still got to do some form of exercise to keep the heart healthy. So it's all right putting that plaster on the heart, but you're not doing anything to strengthen the heart. So you're always going to be in a state of flux. Mm. Yeah. So that, that, that's the quick fix, isn't it? It's, easy. It's, it's a lot harder to go out and maintain diet and exercise as in eating well, going to, you'd have to go to the gym, but walking every day, uh, cycling if you've got a bike um, if you've got a dog walk the dog um, if you like hula hooping hula hoop if you like swimming swim if you like dancing and you don't even want to see a gym put some music on and dance you know raise the heartbeat but you've got to do that for at least 150 minutes a week so you've got to what's that about two and a half hours so you've got to do something for at least it is you know for at least two and a half hours a week but we also need to do some form of weight training to keep the muscles um, healthy and strong because we lose muscle as we go elder in life as well. And that's the other part of not aging well is when we lose the muscles and when we fall. So when we know we, as we get older, sometimes lots of elder people break hips and wrists and, and ankles and things like that and shoulders is because we are not strengthening the core, strengthening the bones, not strengthening anything and just sitting and becoming inactive. Mm. So that's where we need to change. We need to, you know, change, look at ourselves as a 360, you know, and we're always going to be changing and you can tweak any form of exercise. If something's not fitting you, find something else that fits. And I love what you said about what, um, when you said do hula hooping if you enjoy it or dance if you enjoy it or swim if you enjoy it, because it is it's not, when we want to create that um, holistic lifestyle and well-being it's important that we enjoy it. Like if we're not bringing joy into our life, then what are we here for? So it's not doing stuff with, like resentful or forcing ourselves or pushing ourselves or, you know, like feeling like you have to do a grueling workout just to see you've had a workout. Like it is about doing all these things, enjoying the foods you're eating, enjoying moving, but going on a journey to figure out what does bring you joy and what doesn't, isn't it? It is. I mean, we did um, some open water swimming last year. And I actually enjoy it because we had a real a laugh. So we're, we're doing it again this year, but I'm not going to push myself. If the weather's not warm enough, I won't do it. But um, I think you remember, do you remember Rebecca used to be in our health and wellness? She was in just for a short while. So I meet up with Rebecca from time to time. And so we're going to do it more this year. And it's something that I enjoy. And it's really good, again, for 
And it's good for men as well, because we, we, we always seem to forget men in the menopause talk. But well, I was going to come on to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's good. Water swimming is really good for like night sweats, hot flashes. And again, it's another form of exercise where if you do it a bit later on in the evening, you go when you sleep, you, you find that you, you again, calm, peace, tranquility. Um, and it's, it exercises the body as well. Yeah, I have to say, I've not, I'm not one of these people that's got into water <laughs> swimming quite yet. Um, I have done it once, but I feel the cold. And it's been one of these things, and I spoke with my own coach about it, thinking like, God, I feel like everyone's on this open water or cold water exposure. And I, I feel like I should, I should, I should. And then I realised, maybe it's just not for me. Maybe I do other stuff to look after <laughs> my well-being. So it is important to like absolutely like try a whole host of things because you don't know what you enjoy or what you don't enjoy yeah. until you try it, isn't it? And done yeah. it a couple of times to kind of um kind of get into it. I'm gonna come back. I've made a note to circle back to the men in menopause because I think that okay. is an important topic to cover. But just when you because you mentioned vegan earlier, and I was it prompted me to have a thought about this, how we label ourselves, and I'm. Mm-hmm you and I probably have been on a similar journey I um definitely eat more plant-based than I've ever done um out of a kind of conscious decision to focus on that particularly with the diversity and getting enough plants in my diet but I went through a spell lately where I didn't really eat much red meat I'd gone off steak altogether but interestingly because I'm quite in tune with my body it just started craving it out of nowhere and I've started to reintroduce red meat once a week into my diet. And interestingly, the last time I had bloods taken at the doctors, they said I was low in iron. Mm. So it's almost like her, my, like my body knew that it needs more of that stuff mm. to help boost my its own iron. It does. Like yeah. it, it's fascinating, isn't it? Spinach. See that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had some spinach last night actually. But it's almost like. Sometimes we can get so fixated on putting ourselves in a box and labeling ourselves, and if and also if we've declared that to other people, then we feel like we 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 can't move, we can't change our mind. But actually, our bodies are always changing. What we need, what we desire, what we want. So it's almost that fluid approach to what's right for you in that moment is is the right thing. Is that that is it? Because I mean, if if we just sat there and says, right, I'm going to put myself into this little box, and I can't come out of it. It's like then you 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 just sort of like not open to change again, are you? So your body's screaming out for something, your mind's going do lally because it's missing something, and then you're just depleting it even more by not giving it what it needs, and then you become poorly. So the thing is, you need to listen to the body because, as I said to everybody at work, your body speaks its mind, you know. And there, I think there is a book called that as well. Yeah. Um, and it certainly does. Like the last couple of nights, I've not slept properly. But I said, it's not because I need a sleep or anything. It's just that the moon was out. I said, I've got a lot on. And also it's down to me quite in the mind. So and the thing about eating and it's what have I eaten during the day? So I, I always look back and think, what have I eaten? That might be just triggering me to, to not get enough sleep or what am I not putting in there? And I do believe I need something, some extra, some magnesium. So I need to find some foods with some magnesiums and maybe some omega. So I thought I'm going to do my salmon this week and have salmon because I, I feel so my body's missing something and I'll be putting something back into it yeah amazing and the, just to touch I think this is an important topic as well but you touched on gut health earlier mm-hmm. you had also mentioned about you know one of the symptoms you know that low mood depression with the menopause mm-hmm. and actually the I suppose just to make it really clear to people that there 
there's so much research now about the, the your, your gut mind connection and and mm. that serotonin being produced in your gut which is your happy hormones if we're not you know I think a lot of people again it's getting to the getting into the nitty-gritty of where th- where things stem from isn't it rather than the symptom because you mm-hmm. can think, I'm, I'm feeling low mood so something's going on with my brain and I need a pill to fix it but actually we can do a lot through nutrition and, and improving our gut can't we so there's that yeah it is there is there is a massive con- co- connection because we've got the gut brain we've got the gut brain and the gut mm. and they do speak to each other and anybody going through anything in life needs to ensure that their gut is healthy and it's not leaking. And you can actually tell when it is because you you become constipated, bloated as well. You become really gassy um, and you will know. And the fact of the matter is, if you're going anywhere through the menopause, your hormones need to be excreted out the body. So we also miss the liver. So the liver and the gut health are the two real important areas and if your gut's leaking and hormones leak back into the gut I don't think doctors tell you but it does cause enormous issues mm-hmm. um and this is where some people say cancer stems from I've not done a lot of research but you know we, we're, we're trying to excrete these hormones which is the estrogen progesterone and other things that are supposed to go through and out of the body but if they back up on you they're coming back into your body and we, we've got veins and arteries and everything comes back up through them, air, um, par- par- particles of food, anything we eat that comes through the body has to come back through our mm. systems. Mm. So you need to protect the gut, yeah. Um, and I think the first thing people should be doing in the morning is drinking water when they get up. You know, drinking, it, it doesn't have to be a massive cup, but drink some water to flush the system out. Mm. And that also takes the, the, the brain plaques away as well water and then also try and just having a small piece of fruit to break the fast um having some a green tea so beneficial so many antioxidants or if you if you're growing your own teas have that and give the body maybe an hour just to come to you know you don't we shouldn't be fueling it and filling it so early with food some fruit to break the fast and then maybe some people say 11 o'clock because your liver's still working but again that's down to each individual and depending on work you do but then have a light breakfast, a good lunch and a lighter evening meal. So you're giving your body time to recuperate. But the gut is such a fantastic place too to start with. When If, you, if you're feeling that like you're low in mood, depressed, you know, think about what you're fueling your body with and are you constipated, you know, because if you're not excreting everything that you're supposed to, it just backs up in the system and makes you feel poorly anyway. Mm. yeah I was going to say that and that's not even just I suppose maybe heightened when the menopause but that mm. anyway. anybody yeah I am um, I'm sure I've shared this before but I suffered from candida a couple of years ago and it was all that's all it's an imbalance in your gut bacteria and it's a, can be linked to leaky gut like you were saying so stuff's seeping out your gut and going places it's not meant to go and then you know I was prone to then infections and picking up things and poor immune system. And um, the one thing I experienced, and maybe this is true for people seeking medical support around the menopause if they're going to see their doctor, because I went and saw my doctor, I was getting nowhere because they hadn't joined all the dots. I, I was diagnosed by a friend, a good friend that's a nutritionist. And she knew about my lifestyle. She knew what had been happening, you know, that I'd been ill, I'd pick up an infection and, and it was her that had said, 
I think this is maybe what you've got. And we then, you know, did a protocol to kind of heal my gut through that. Sorry. But I suppose it's, um, I suppose maybe, is, is that a common thing where people are maybe going to get medical advice and it's, you know, they're not necessarily getting the support that they need or they're getting turned away or, you know, people aren't quite sure of all of the symptoms that they're experiencing. What's that? What's your... I think what people again want is the quick answer. A lot of people want a quick answer oh, I don't feel 100% well, the doctor's going to sort it. Um, and yeah, so you'll get people saying, well, I just don't know what it is. Um, and I'm feeling like, and, and the minute you start telling them, and I think if I said to somebody tomorrow, it's your gut and this is what you need to do. You need to do these three things. The first thing that's clicking on in somebody's head is how much money have I got to spend? Mm. They don't think, well, what can I do to lessen the toxic load? Mm. Um, and again, it's what we put on our skin. You know, we're ingesting all this from what we put on our skin to what we, we're breathing in the air and the atmosphere, um, what we're eating and we're washing our fruit and veg from all the pesticides. All this is coming back through the body. So, yeah, a lot of people do want a quick fix that, you know, they'll go and buy an antacid or they'll want. So with what you'll find with anybody who's on a form of medication, if they're on an antidepressant or a form of medication, they're either then taking lansoprazole or omeprazole because the gut lining uh, and if, even if you take an antibiotic for a short period of time, it ruins the, your gut lining. So you then ended up on some form of um, antiacid tablet or indigestion tablet because it has to help the gut to heal again. So anytime you're on, if you're on medication for a length of time, you'll either be on ranitidine, omeprazole or lansoprazole. And just when you know, I don't know the names of all the drugs, I find it amazing that people can remember them because they're so long. Um, but just when you mentioned one of them, I'm sure um, one of my parents was prescribed that because they were on like anti-inflammatories for joint pain. And I kept saying, you know, look at your diet, let's get an you know, anti-inflammatory diet and remove some of it. But yeah, you're right, you get prescribed one drug and then you almost get prescribed another drug to counteract the side yeah. effects of that yeah. other drug rather than, yeah. um, and again, I'm not telling anyone what to do. You go and no, do no, no, right we're not you. giving medical advice here, but it's the factors, yeah. you know, I work in nursing and I work and see the amount of, you know, pharmaceuticals that we pass. And we're pretty good at trying to say to people, you know, have you done this, this and this within the workforce? Because it's not everything that we think should have medication a lot of people come to us for for diagnosis and we're like and there's first line before the the psychiatrist they'll say so do you think i've got bipolar and we're saying well what is it that you will actually want and a lot of them are wanting the diagnosis so then they can end up claiming extra benefits instead of thinking how actually is this affecting me what is it actually and when we say well actually there's no diagnosis they'll look at you to say so you're not going to diagnose me well no this is lie you've got to feel the feelings i always say if you weren't feeling the feelings, what do you want to feel? Because you're supposed to feel life. You're supposed to feel up and down. You are supposed to, you are supposed to cry. If you didn't cry, you wouldn't clear your tear ducts. So, you know, some of these feelings we are supposed to feel. If they get too much, I'm not going to tell anybody not to seek support. But we're not supposed to take away some of the sensations that we feel, or so we'll never know how we actually feel. I love that, Paula feel the feelings on that right because I do want to bring it back to the men and the menopause and actually mm -hmm. um I've listened to and have watched because I knew you had had a cameo appearance in Davina McCall's documentary <laughs> that she did which is amazing what was it called sex mind in the menopause it was yeah. yeah and I'd also heard her speak on I've not read her book but I'd heard her speak on Stephen Bartlett's 
podcast, which I don't know if you've seen it, but oh my god, it was mm. it was unreal. It was one of the best podcasts I've listened to. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly from Davina, like not from. Okay. You know. <laughs> He was all right, but he was a bit out of his depth on that one. I think Davina okay. just blew me away with like okay. just her honesty and vulnerable and opening up about yeah. it. But she did on on the podcast talk about men's role in the menopause. And when you're saying about feel the feelings, that's a great I suppose, example where women with their hormones and their emotions can be all over the place. And I suppose for men to understand what what they're going, I suppose they'll never go through it. So it's hard to sometimes empathize if you can't experience it but how what is men's role in the menopause how right can so there's two work? things to that start mm-hmm. with men do have a form of menopause and they don't talk about it oh. andropause so the two things with it is men are mostly filled with testosterone mm-hmm. um and sometimes when you when a, a guy's voice doesn't break they could be having low testosterone low testosterone low testosterone issues mm-hmm. and some people have got low testosterone issues because there's sometimes infertility issues so men do have and it's not well publicized and it's called the andropause so on the scale of depression and things men do have because you know when they say and i'm not stereotyping the men but you know when they say they go out and buy new cars and and trade in the wives they're actually going through and it's not talked about their own form of male menopause. And usually you will find men in the forties and some of them actually do take their own lives. I haven't got the figures, but male depression and suicide is in the forties. I did write a post about this once, but I don't, it's not my area and I should really cover it because at the end of the day, you know, men are with women and and that's, and, and obviously sometimes they are with men, but you know, that's another topic, but it does affect them. So they do have their own hormonal issues um, so there's two prongs to that. They need to look after themselves, mm-hmm. but also their role with if they're with a partner is to be sympathetic. It's to listen. It's not to try and fix anything, mm-hmm. but to to listen, to support, to empathize, and to just ask how's your day going. But also to lighten the load. So if there's men out there that are not lightening the load and helping with the chores, you know, there's no woman that's got an S on the chest in a superwoman. You know, they need to help lighten the load and not think, well, she's my wife or my girlfriend or my partner and she should do this. No, lighten the load and then your bedroom activities might double because she's going to have more energy for you. So just lighten the load. Yeah, and I suppose it comes back to the, what you said at the very beginning about asking for help as well, because I think some women can be really stubborn mm. and not ask for help. So it's almost about like meeting in the middle, isn't it? It is, because some women will say... help and asking for the help and kind of like working as a team. It is, because they'll say, well, oh, he doesn't do it right, so I'm just going to do it myself. <laughs> never mind that woman, never mind that whether he's done it right. If he's half done it and you've got to go over it maybe in a couple of days later, you're going to get some rest. Mm. Or, like you say, meet in the middle and just forget about that because it's no nobody's life is ever going to be perfect. Mm. So forget about the perfect thing that you want to put out there and meet each other in the middle and support each other, you know, because at the end of the day, if you don't, you know, there was that man that's wife took his her own life um, and he's campaigning, I think about two years ago, um, it, was, it was a gentleman whose wife took her, her life through the menopause. And I always think, What's actually got them to that stage? I don't 100% think it's the menopause. I actually think there's a lot more going on that they haven't touched upon and they haven't spoke about and they haven't got the support for and it's got too much for them so they have taken their own lives Mm -hmm. because I don't think, 
and I've spoken to doctors and they say it's not per se the menopause that some people take their lives over it there's got to be more to it than just the menopause mm. uh, and it's things that they're not talking about mm. I suppose that's true of you know, at any age, whatever your background, whatever you're going through, it's asking for help and re- and just making that first step and reaching out, isn't it? Whether it's, you know, anything that we've gone through, like life throws us all different experiences and curveballs and trauma and um, it's just, yeah, reaching out and asking for it support. Is. It's help. like we've become quite an open door policy in our team. And, you know, if we don't sleep very well, which I don't sometimes, I'll just go and say, you know, I've had a right shit night. And we just talk about it and support each other. They all know I'm menopausal and we talk about that. We've got girls that talk about the periods. We've got, so we have, we've become so much very open. So they all come to me and they'll, and they, and as I go around the wings, they'll say, oh, miss, and they'll, we'll talk about things. And I think because they know me for the menopause, that they'll, they'll throw things at me and we'll just have chats now. So we are very much open door and we do support the offices as best we can if they're going through it so we do have set up like meetings but I think anybody wherever they are pick up a phone or just send a message reach out to somebody don't sit and think it's a problem and that people don't want to hear it you know because if you don't reach out to anybody nobody's not going to know other you know if you sat in silence and expect people to say oh what's wrong with you they're only going to do that for so many times you know you've got to be able to unburden yourself and become free um to say and even if people say oh god you, you talk about that again say yeah because it's affecting me and i'd rather you hear it than to to dismiss it you know what i mean because at the end of the day if somebody's got to hear something five times it's better to hear it five times than to never have heard it at all yeah yeah and almost the the, the precursor to that is I suppose being able to be honest with ourselves about how we feel and it comes back to what you said earlier about feel the feelings if mm. we need to be more self-aware and in tune with what's going on with us so that we can then openly and honestly communicate that with others if we need support and help can't isn't it so it's because sometimes I think people, that's that's a stumbling block people can't tell someone because they've not done the work to sit in what they're feeling themselves and explore mm. that and understand that yeah and, Self-awareness is a big tool. It yeah. is, and, it, and self. I think becoming self-aware can be a bit messy, so people don't want to do that work either, mm-hmm. you know, because I had to um, say to people, when I were having my kitchen done, and it's, it's be, be self-aware to say to people, I am a nightmare, and you're going to know that I need things to be done perfectly, or there's going to be issues here. So <laughs> the, the self-awareness is really sort of like come along in the last couple of years, like you say, doing the work and doing the work with coaches and mentors and being in the groups that we've been in. It's knowing what ticks you off and what tips you over the edge and just knowing how you can tweak that. But knowing that if you do the work in that inner work, you can just be honest and blunt about it and say, actually, this is what it is, isn't it? But without people taking offence. Yeah. Yeah. It's like standing in your own power, isn't it? Of knowing mm. knowing enough about yourself to then yeah empower you to make the right, the right mm. Choices or decisions, or go on the right journey, or have the right honest, on open, honest conversations. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's important. But yeah, that's fascinating about men. I had no idea that men go through that sort of similar mm. transition. Yeah, well, they don't. They don't. They don't have like periods, obviously, but they their testosterone levels do drop yeah. um, at times, and they do get depressed. It's just that men probably don't talk about it as much, but it's. Yeah, yeah. Because if you were to Google, go Dr. Google after this and just put in andropause, you'll see it, it usually puts a picture of a woman and a man together and it just shows you some of the symptoms and some of them are similar 
as to like the depression, the anxiety. Um, Men have sleepless nights too, you know, and things like that. They have worries just like anybody else. Yeah, and I suppose some of that's so relatable. Like obviously we've been chatting quite a bit about the menopause and using your expertise. And that's obviously amazing for a specific group of women Mm. predominantly. But then like we're saying about that, taking responsibility in the lead up to that so how you're living your younger life um but almost like transferable across other things you know they might not experience all the symptoms but no matter um what your gender is or what age you are you could be experiencing one of the symptoms for another reason or do you know like if your body's systems aren't working properly or you're not like all the pillars you've been talking about if we're not moving our body fueling our body sleeping resting looking after our mind then it kind of can play havoc at any age and any gender. Yeah, it can because the men have gut gut health issues too. So yeah, it can play a it can play straight across. Yeah, so change across men and women. You know, we have to look at it as a universal thing, don't we? Not just say, all right, women and the change. I think it, it affects everybody. It affects your children, and if you're looking after your elderly parents, it's going to affect them too. So it's just a big cycle, isn't it? And it's the it's the thing of the cycle of change, isn't it? Everybody. It doesn't matter what gender they are, we're going to go through some kind of change. Yeah. And I was, we've kind of touched on this already, Paula, but I was kind of curious because there's so much information and noise in the kind of well being space. And like we had mentioned about Davina and the menopause, there's so much going on out there. And we have tapped into that sort of like using your own self awareness to mm-hmm. make the right decision for you. Is there anything else that you would encourage people to do to help them make the right choice? What they've got to a go with their own gut feelings b become so self-aware as to are they working so many hours that they're not taking any sort of ownership of their extra health you know if they've got extra health issues on top of that but it's also looking and reading books you don't have to buy every book because if you were to buy and read every book out there it'd be like you'd be confused you'd be confused um so you've got people that you can follow on different platforms i know that there's a lady called kate codrington she does second spring so she's taken the japanese sort of way of living and ha- and their holistic stuff because they don't talk about hrt and things like that they do they call the menopause second spring and it's about you becoming more intuitive and you're doing more and this is about your time of life so i just think people need to if they, if they need a consultation with the gp make sure they've got their, their symptoms and the, the few, what they're doing written down and how they're feeling for at least two weeks and ask for a double appointment mm. um, so that they've got enough time to talk about what they need. Um, and then on the holistic side of things, I think people just have to start thinking about where they spend their, their money and their time because at the end of the day, there is no health without uh, being well so you could be you could have all the money in the world but still not be well so there's no point in having all this money and not being well you've got to really channel into how you feel and how you want to feel and if that means buying a good protein powder buying some good supplements buying a decent bed buying some really nice pillows ensuring that your room is clutter free i swear by those energy lamps those um holistic Him- himalayan lamps Oh, yeah. I, sw- I swear by them I have two and I've had them on for about three years now and I do believe they give you a whole different outlook on mood I do believe they help uh just lighten the mood because you get a light a little bright light through the, the the house at night and people say I can't sleep with it but I do I sleep fine and I do believe that gives you the serotonin hit as well it helps yeah 
So I suppose, like you said, it, like it can be overwhelming and confusing. And, and even if you just look into potentially all the changes you want to make in your life it's not about then suddenly waking up tomorrow is it and saying right here's the 15 things because I've definitely done that in oh, the no. like, <laughs> new year new me vibes and changed like overhauled my whole life but mm. going on a journey with it isn't it to then think yeah. right maybe I'll focus on my nutrition for this month or maybe I'll look at you know focusing on sleep the next month and just gradually start to I suppose like have that holistic overview it of is I mean the, the thing with it is is for me, I started off in January just adding 750 mils of water right. every day because I, had, I hadn't been doing that for ages and I thought, right. So in with my morning routine of doing the few bits, I just started drinking 750 mils of water. January is brilliant, February, and then I had a bit of a like hit and I thought, oh, but I picked it back up again. So it's just adding, like you say, if you, if you put too many things in, you're not going to do them all. So it's that's so the only thing I've added in so far. And I've not gotten to this new me, new you yet because I've been hibernating. Um, and <laughs> you've got to, you've got to give your body that rest. And apart from just doing some meditation and gratitude, I shake my chakras every day. So I get up and dance because if you don't move that stagnant energy in the body, it just sits there and it makes you unhappy. So you have to move. So that's what I'm saying. You don't have to go to the gym. You can put on a couple of tracks. Just dance around the house um, whilst you're cleaning or just whilst you're doing whatever you're doing. Um, but it's that thing about adding one thing. So I think the next thing I'm going to do is add some boot camps in on a morning to um, exercise boot camps. But it's keeping it small and simple so that you, you can do it and feel like I'm actually making these changes, not going out there. Like you say, I used to have a to-do list, but I don't put it on as much now. I just maybe have three things that I want to do each week rather than thinking why and if I don't get them done I don't beat myself up about it because it's like you know life's for living and enjoying yeah, yeah. but it's, it's the healthy habits that you need to I think it's your healthy habits that you really need to sort of hone in on I think they're the ones that are going to take you through your best life so yeah yeah and like you said about not beating yourself up it's almost um because and there's a whole different podcast on habits because I find the whole concept <laughs> fascinating but, but trying to introduce new things but with self-compassion you mm. know if you don't and again that's the I always say to clients if you're if you're tuned into your own you know you've got good levels of self-awareness it's it's trusting yourself that you'll make the right decision for you at that given moment so if it is of a morning and it's snowing outside and it's minus temperatures and you'd thought you were going to go to the gym and you decide to go later or not at all, like it's being self-compassionate with that, isn't it? Because it's mm. over a week or a month or six months, you will get to the gym or you will get swimming or walking or whatever. But it sometimes think we we put ourselves under more stress. And you mentioned stress earlier as a, as a um unhealthy you know it's in the mm. toxic camp isn't it it, mm, it, it can is. cause so many problems in our body but we put ourselves under so much pressure and stress that that in itself is counterproductive isn't it double counterproductive and yeah. I, I was talking to another hormone health um coach and she was saying like you know and, and I don't think it's just for women but spending a day in bed once a month to regenerate mm. your hormones but I think you know there's the things that we do often do which is you know we should just take that time out to just pick up a book you know stay in bed do what you need to do and just chill and relax and not think about what's happening today tomorrow or even in the next hour just relax and that's what I advocate at work a lot when we do the yoga is when we get into that mindfulness and resourceful state bring the mind to to, to now the here and now bring the breath to the to your natural breath then do the yoga breathing it's not like getting people to realize where the breath comes from and deep breathe so that they can bring it up through the body and back out through the body 
and then let's do the meditation. So you've really got a lot of people say, well, I can't meditate. Don't worry about the thoughts. Let your thoughts come, but just let them pass. And if you start doing three to four, five minutes a day and building up, you will put yourself into a resourceful state without even having to, to leave the house. Do that first. And then when you leave the house and if anybody upsets you, you're still going to be in a resourceful state. So you're not getting up there and coming back down all the time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we've just got to be, be so self-aware, so mindful of how we react to things. We trigger, we can trigger ourselves by doing all them reactions and we don't need to. Yeah. And it's just giving, being patient with yourself. It's like mm. yourself time to, to try to be a beginner again. I think as adults, we're not very good at that. Starting something new like meditation and, you know, doing it one time and thinking, oh God, I can't do this. So just giving up. But we need, you know, like anything in life, we've, we've learned to walk only by falling over a couple of times before we, you know, when we're learning to take our first yeah. step. So it, it's, it's that sort of, channeling that beginner's mind a little bit in some of these well-being practices that maybe we've not explored before isn't it it is definitely. I mean Paula I knew you'd be full of um I'm sure people will have to listen back to this a couple of times for some of those golden <laughs> nuggets of information because there's so much in there so informative if you were to leave the listeners with kind of a number one top tip if they were looking to take kind of control of their journey you know they want to keep thriving as they're going through those transitions in life what would be your top tip where would they start at the start would be to look at what they want to change what okay. is what's what is what what do they really want to change it doesn't have to be anything massive and where they're going to get the support from you know because sometimes we can start off with real good intentions and uh, by the end of the week those good intentions are out the window so if you need to have a coach get a consultation and speak to somebody who's been on that journey before yeah have somebody hold your hand um, because you may get to the fact that you want to change one thing and then and get to the end of the year and you might want to change half a dozen, but you have somebody to keep you accountable, but also you knowing that you're making those changes and you're not falling back on them and you're not going back to square one. It's nice to have that person to hold your hand and just start from the beginning or start where you're at and don't try to undo everything all at once. Amazing. Thank you so much, Paula. It's been It's been a blast having you on. <laughs> thank you thank you so much for listening i really hope you enjoyed that episode and make sure you subscribe and follow the podcast so that next week you can join us again <laughs>